0: everyone and welcome back to the spotlight podcast where i talk to and feature different dancers who are breaking down barriers in the dance world and advocating for change this week under the spotlight we have abigail Sockety, a dancer from new hampshire who is starting a body type inclusive dancewear brand called sharing the bar i can't wait for you all to hear this one remember to keep fighting for what you believe in and being a dancer for dancer all right so i'm here with abigail can you please introduce yourself and give a brief summary of sharing the bar
1: absolutely so hi i'm abigail Sockety, and i'm the founder of sharing the bar and at sharing the bar we create versatile designs that fit all dancers and also empower them to feel confident in their bodies and their dance abilities
0: awesome Uh, so i guess it's only natural to start from the beginning of your story just to kind of set the scene Uh, So do you want to just explain a little bit about your dance journey, uh, how you started, and kind of where you're at now?
1: Absolutely. So the idea for sharing the bar actually is rooted in my own personal struggles of finding dancewear that fit, and also to my own struggles with feeling confident as a dancer. As we all know, that ideal dancer icon and stereotype looms over us as dancers, and we can start to really manifest that in who we are and how we see ourselves. So I started dance when I was three years old. And actually the reason for me starting dance was um, my knees actually turned in. So my mom put me in ballet classes to kind of help have them turn out and like (laughs) have some sort of normalcy. Um, But from there, I just loved it. I've always loved, like gravitated toward the stage because I feel on the stage you're, you know, the lights are on you and the ambiance is right and Mm -hmm. everything is right. And you're really, you know, catering towards that audience. And I love how in, you know, the, however long your piece is, you are sparking joy in your audience. And I think that's so, so powerful. Um, So from when I was young, I did competitive dance. I did about 20 hours of dance a week when I was in high school. And then from there I went to college and I continued dancing, um, on our our competition team that went around and competed against other universities, as well as on a student-led dance uh, production team. So we choreographed different dances on um, students and performed them at a showcase. But when I was a sophomore in college, I actually left university for a semester and danced with a company, I cannot say, who but um I went and danced with um a company was a performer there and actually at that moment that is when I started to realize that the ideal dancer does not exist mm-hmm. and so going back to you know my struggles with dancewear I am four foot eleven and I'm muscularly built and I never found dancewear that really fit me well I'd either have to tie it back with hair elastics or mm-hmm. just buy something that was too small and have it you know dig into areas that we don't (laughs) want digging into us. um, That is just uncomfortable. But on top of this, you know, I didn't grow up, like I said before, I grew up with knees that turned in. So I was never able to achieve the turnout that we equate with that ideal dancer. So that was something that was always hard for me to kind of come to terms with. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, On top of that, I really struggled with becoming flexible. I had to work very, very hard. And when I was younger, I always thought, you know, it was a sign of me not being a good dancer because I didn't have natural flexibility. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of manifest that into, you know, my psyche a little bit. And then, you know, on top of that, I also have flat feet. Mm -hmm. And so I was never able to get that beautiful point that, you know, a lot of my friends had. And, you know, I really struggled, especially in high school, trying to, you know, I I worked very, very hard, um, but I always thought there was always a voice in my head saying, you are not enough. Like you are not a great dancer. But the pivotal moment in my life that made me realize that this ideal dancer doesn't exist was when I went um, and danced with that company. And I realized, you know what? All that stuff does not matter. What matters is your, you and your performance quality and what you can do with dance. Um, That's really Mm -hmm. important, and and that makes audiences want to come and and see dance, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, you know, the, the manifestation of how, you know, sharing the bar came to be, and then also, too, watching the struggles of you know, some of some individuals who are very close with me struggling with feeling confident in their bodies because Mm -hmm. they don't look a certain way or, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just hard. And we, as you know, dancers and as women and as people shouldn't, shouldn't have to compare ourselves and degrade ourselves and have a lack of confidence.
0: I totally agree. Yeah. Also I feel like you brought up a pretty important point about how like we're all just dancers and, you know, I think that dance is an art form and and it, it shouldn't matter what you look like, you know, a, a painter doesn't like shame his paintbrushes for looking a certain way because they ultimately paint beautiful pictures on, on canvases. So I feel like we should treat our, our bodies somewhat like that. Like it shouldn't matter what we look like as long as we are happy dancing, and as long as we can, you know, emote. And yeah, I feel like also, the audience, a lot of times, they probably don't even like know what like the ideal dancer, you know, quote unquote should look like. So as long as you are able to, you know, express yourself and to connect with the audience, it, it really shouldn't matter what you look like, I think. And I feel like no, the dance absolutely Yeah, I feel like the dance world is becoming a, a bit more inclusive, but I feel like it is between certain boundaries, you know, like more companies are taking you know, more muscular looking dancers, but it's within a certain like boundary. You, you don't see a huge range of body types in companies nowadays, which is really unfortunate.
1: No, it is. It's so frustrating because even if you, you walk down the street, right, you see so many different people mm-hmm. and that's, you know, what's so beautiful about us as people and humans mm-hmm. is that we're, we do, we all bring something new and unique to the table. And by trying to fit us into those little tiny boundaries, mm-hmm. we're really limiting our capabilities of, yeah. you know, creating art because that's, you know, that is, you know, what dance is. It's it's a unique art form.
0: Mhm, For sure. Do you wish that you had any – sort, or did you have any sort of role models growing up that kind of had more of your body type to kind of show that, like, show you that, you know, it is possible to, to have your t- type of body and still be successful in dance? Like, did you have any sort of role models um, along the way or anything? Or did you wish that you did?
1: I actually, as I got older, I wish that I had um, because all the, you know, the role models that I s- saw – didn't really look like me. Uh, I mean, they're all. What? First of all, the, the main challenge is finding someone who's small, like you know, mm-hmm. who's 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 tall, you know, less than five foot tall. Uh, <laughs> so I never really saw anybody who who was who was on the shorter end of the spectrum. So I always thought, oh, like like I love dance and I love theater and you know, but I will never make it as a dancer because I'm not tall enough,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: um, and you know other attributes. Uh, per se. But yeah, so I, I, you know, in a weird way, I wish that I had someone who kind of looked like me, or who kind of resembled, you know, what what my art, like how I danced. Um, I think that would be that would have been important for fueling my confidence. And I just, you know, even now too, like, there are so many individuals who don't have someone who they can like See in themselves, and i've learned as i 've gotten older, like that can be so important is seeing someone in in a place where that you
0: want to succeed in mm-hmm. if that makes sense for sure, and also, I feel like, yeah, like if you don't see someone who is in that position where you want to be, like maybe that could even be inspiration for yourself to become that person and to lead the way for you know, younger generations of dancers to, and they can see you and say, oh, Abigail's doing this and she looks like me, so I can do that too. You know, so maybe this, exactly. especially also with sharing the bar, because, you know, that's also kind of, it aligns with your story. So maybe, you know, more dancers will will kind of follow your path in, in a way or be inspired by you, which I think is super cool. So awesome. yeah.
1: Thank you. Yeah. yeah, no, and that's like one of my main like through my marketing efforts, I really, really want to showcase the plethora of, of dancers that we have mm-hmm. um, in, in this world, because I think it's so important for us to kind of find our role models and, you know, to, to have someone who we can look up to and say, yeah, I can do that too. I'm going to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. So kind of shifting a little bit towards more of like about sharing the bar, um, why did you choose the name? sharing the bar? Is there like a connection, I assume, to something, you know, do you want to just explain a little bit about that, like the beginnings of it? Yeah, absolutely. So actually,
1: the concept of sharing the bar has morphed and formed over time. But what I always wanted to, to bring to the table was that, so the, the bar is kind of this icon of dance that we have, right? When, when you walk down the street and you ask a random stranger what is dance, they usually say, oh, ballet. Like, you know, ballet bar, you know, ballet. So I kind of wanted to play on this concept of, you know, what, our, our, what we think and what's, you know, kind of breaking reality in a mm-hmm. weird way or breaking our perception. So having that, you know, sharing the bar is, it, what my mission is, is to, you know, take that icon of dance and really say the bar is for everyone. There are so many different styles of dance too that we're, we're slowly kind of tearing away like what we're used to
0: knowing to now
1: accept what is.
0: I love that. I never even yes. knew that like, that was such a broad backstory behind the name. I mean, I kind of assumed that it had something to do with, you know, uh, diversity in, in body types and dance. But yeah, I love that explanation. That's super awesome. Um, so yeah, I think in addition to the fact that your story is so important and, you know, just as far as body diversity and inclusivity goes, um, I think that your story is also kind of, it shows other young dancers that like, there are more paths after, after dance. Like, I assume you're still dancing, but in some form, but, um, I think that, yeah, like you don't have to be, you don't have to go the professional route. Like that's not the only That is one amazing option for dancers. But you can also kind of transform your passion for dance into um, starting your own business, your dancewear line. You can, you know, I feel like so often we're taught as dancers that, like, the only path to success in the dance industry is to become a professional dancer. And if you don't, then, like, you miss your shot, you know. But there are so many different things you can do, like, regarding dance and even to make change in the dance community that I think that you're kind of also showing that, you know, starting a business after after dance is is a very valid and interesting, you know, path to go. No, um,
1: absolutely. I think that dance is so important. And we learn so many fundamental skills that with just that base of, you know, simple things as hard work, dedication, mm-hmm. passion, that if you take those core you know, things that we learn by participating in dance, and and move them into, you know, another area, you know, you're gonna be successful.
0: Yeah, do you feel like your uh, history in dance has kind of made you more successful in in your business? Like, can you explain a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, like I said before, like dedication and hard work. I mean, as dancers, we are working so, so hard. Okay. And that, you know, translate into even when I was in college, like working so hard for the goals that I set for myself. And then even too now with sharing the bar, you know, working, working really hard. And also too, I think with dance, we also learn how to take feedback. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. But sometimes I, f- I feel like sometimes we need to reshift our framework because sometimes we take feedback as something that is negative and that we internalize and sp- and, and create unhealthy habits with. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, something that I've personally had to work on. Um, but it, it, it teaches you how to take feedback and, and kind of, you know, disseminate that in your brain and then propel yourself onto success. Um, because, you know, life is, you know, you hit a roadblock. Okay, let's evaluate. How do we overcome that? Mm -hmm. And then even with sharing the bar, we've, we hit (laughs) so many roadblocks. (laughs) Um, So it's all about, okay, like, okay, we're not going to let this stop us, you know, how do we move forward? You know, and it's working, 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 you know, to get to the next, you know, thing in a healthy, in a healthy manner. I do Mm -hmm. have to stress.
0: Yeah. And like, especially, yeah, in dance too, we, Every day we're hitting roadblocks, like you said, Um, you know, we'll do a step wrong and then we'll say, "Okay, why did this happen and how can I do better next time? And I thought, yeah, that's very similar to everyday life and to, you know, starting your own business and to even what I'm doing with Dancer for Dancer. You know, like there are so many different things in life where I feel like you can use what the skills that you acquire from your dance training, which is really cool. Um, All right. So. Kind of going back to the beginning of Sharing the Bar, when did you start it, and what were some of your initial goals with it? The initial, just like, first out of the gate. Inception. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, Sharing the Bar has had many, many
1: iterations. Um, (laughs) What it is now is very different from what it was before. So, originally, the original, original idea was um, I was actually going to be a non-profit Mm -hmm. Um, And I was going to sell leotards and then use that money to go and um, teach dance around the the globe and the world Um, because, you know, dance is such a cool art form where it actually literally fuses the body and the soul together, Mm -hmm. um, which is really cool. Um, So I wanted to share dance with, you know, everyone Um, But since then, you know, things evolved and, you know, I really took the time to understand other people's struggles, um, understand, you know, what, what the consumer was looking for and through research, through, you know, talking to people and doing focus groups, what really stood out was that people really wanted a leotard that fit them well and they really wanted to feel more confident in themselves, they they really latched onto the bos- body positivity, and you know finding something that fit them well, um, and so that's kind of where where we went. So all the other crazy ideas that I had <laughs> kind of you know went not went out the window. Like there are some things like for me personally, like ethics is a huge, huge thing for me personally. So we've made sure that all of our um, garments are ethically sourced. Mm-hmm. Um, We're we're staying in New York City for production um, so that we can have uh, quality control and our manufacturer um, is so nice. And we went to her little facility and um, an absolutely amazing fit. Um, Also sustainability was a big thing for me um, Mm -hmm. just because I I really do care about the impact that we have on the environment and with fashion. Mm you know there's a lot of unethical practices when it comes to sustainability For um sure. and so with me i wanted to make sure that my the fabric that i sourced was coming from a facility that cared about the environment and their impact and how you know they're they're making their materials mm-hmm. um and then i also too wanted to challenge the way that you know we look at you know fashion how our, our stuff is made so when you do create leotard there are, there is a lot of waste because you might get a yard of fabric and you cut out, you know, your pattern, but then there's all those scraps left over. And a lot of times it just goes into the trash. Some people do recycle the scraps, um, but sometimes it, it's, it's hard reusing those. So what we've decided is taking all those scraps and repurposing them. So um, we will be selling scrunchies and those are made out of the scrap oh, cool. material from our leotards. Yeah. So, and then we might find other ways of reusing them. I know with COVID, you know, it could be masks, but we just need to make sure that they are like, you know, adhering to, you know, CDC guidelines um, and Mm -hmm. and they're not going to put you at risk for any reason, you know, (laughs) uh, because different materials are better for that. Um, But yeah, so, you know, through our whole, our whole journey, again, it comes back to, you know, body confidence and finding dancewear that fits. and and fits a lot of individuals.
0: Mm -hmm. And kind of going back to you talking about um, your manufacturing process, I'm just kind of curious, like, how did you find your manufacturer? And, like, how, like, I feel like it seems like kind of a big deal to have someone, a manufacturer making your designs. Like, how excited were you for that? And, like, how did you even, how that even, like, happen, you know?
1: Yeah, so I actually, I, I, have no experience in the fashion world. I went to school for business um, and, and not fashion. Um, I have ideas, so I had to find a designer. And so I found a designer. Her name is Madison um, Nicliaccio And she, how I ended up with her is she was a friend of a friend's roommate. Um, and so, you know, just from networking. And so she did a lot of the grunt work for the design. So I kind of just gave her a vision. I said, This is what I want. This is what I need. Can you please? try to figure this out (laughs) and 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 make something for like you know kind of what can we do like make Mm -hmm. it real and so that's what she did she took all you know my ideas and she created some sketches and was like you know what do you like what do you don't like and from there we kind of created the line and from there you know she went out and you know researched a bunch of uh, manufacturers that were you know aligned with my core values of ethics and sustainability and that were also startup friendly because a lot of manufacturers mm-hmm. will make you run like huge quantities, which first of all is, is very, very expensive and could create a lot of a lot of waste if you don't end up selling the product. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that I, you know, I didn't really wanna run that risk. So we found, you know, some more mom and pop shop um, mm-hmm. manufacturers. And so that's kind of how we, we, we found ours in New York City
0: awesome so can you just explain kind of like what some of your designs look like how are they different from other dancewear brands um you know what makes them unique and how do they fit all different body types you know just kind of the overarching what are the designs like
1: yep absolutely so we have right now we're starting off with just three leotards um and they will come in um a a range of sizes and they will also be um come in uh, three different st- uh, colors, sorry. So they'll come in black and then two other colors that we haven't yet decided, but um, we're on the verge of figuring those out. Um, but so how they're different is we've taken the time to really research um, designs that, you know, how can we make designs versatile in the sense that, you know, Adjustability is a huge thing. If if mm-hmm. a lot of our designs were adjustable, they'd fit a lot more people. Just because mm-hmm. if you think about it, you know, someone might have a shorter torso or someone might have a longer torso. Just by being able to adjust those straps, can make a huge difference on how it fits. And so what we've done is um, all of our straps can are detachable, so you get to tie them how you want, oh, cool. and um, you can then kind of stylize as you as you wish. Um, Like, we have our, you know, set looks, but you can go ahead and add your creativity and tie them in, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. ways you want. Um, So, our, our, two of our styles, you can change the straps. And then one of them is a little bit different, but it's a wrap style. Hmm. And that style just looks really nice on a lot of different body types. And also, too, I know (laughs) with a lot of leotards, they're very, you know, Mm form-fitting. Whereas this one is both form-fitting, but it has a little bit of, um, it's, I want to say moldable. So mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's nice not to have something that feels like a scuba suit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it has a little bit of, you know, breath to it. Um, you know, so that style is really fun in that sense. Um, but all of our materials, again, are ethically sourced, sustainably sourced, and we've done a bunch of tests already about their durability. So we've run rings across them, like to make sure that they don't pill. We've, you know, put them in the washing machine with like jeans to make sure because sometimes like you if you put them in with mm-hmm. jeans, the, the zipper on the jeans will rip the material. Mm. Um, so we've done a bunch of like funny little tests to see how <laughs> our, our, our our fabrics are.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure people are going to want to know, are they high weight? Are they, is the high cut leg or is it regular cut leg? You know,
1: so we didn't go with a high cup. We did in between because you know how there's like the super, super high cut? Yeah. That's so it. that's kind of more of a fad thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it might be good this year, maybe next year, but it'll be out of style. Mm-hmm. You know, so we did have a high, higher cut mm-hmm. so that it elongates the leg, but it's not like super, super high. So you <laughs> feel like yeah. you're, you're all sorts of exposed. Yeah.
0: Um, also, I feel like different, I don't know why, but I just feel like different like styles of, especially like ballet, people wear their leotards differently. Like balancing people wear their leotards kind of like lower cut. And then I feel like Russian, they wear it super high cut. I don't really know why it's kind of just like a thing. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I like that kind of medium cut and it's that's flattering. Um, so how will the sizing work? So
1: sizing is a bit of a challenge because what we found is that making anything is super super expensive yeah. um, but also to when you have when you you make a leotard you have a pattern so kind of like a blueprint per se or like a cookie cutter of what it is and then you cut it out on the fabric and sew it all together mm-hmm. but that pattern has to be changed per each size so that can get very expensive, but with our manufacturer, we found that it's, it's an affordable price. So what we're, our hope is depending again, you know, unfortunately we are a smart startup. So we have a limited budget like for, for right now, but we're hoping to have sizes extra, extra small to extra, extra large we hope if all things fall into place we might be able to um, to to raise a little bit more money to be able to have those you know more kid sizes Um, but the great thing with you know the adjustable straps is that we found is shorter torso and a longer torso can fit into the same leotard um, because of the adjustability in the straps so it kind of gives us a little bit of wiggle wiggle room with sizing Um, but we've also found too we're going to a whole series of videos to really, you know, pinpoint and help our consumers find the size that they need um, that will fit them well per, you know, their, their body type. Yeah. I
0: thought like that's kind of a big issue with dancewear is that they're all, all the different brands have different sizing systems. And so in one brand, you might be like a large and then the other one might be like a small. So it's really, and you never know what you're going right. to be in each brand. So yeah, I like how you're going to kind of, have a system where people will actually be able to know what size they are before they violate a third.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So um, kind of wrapping it up a little bit, uh, the overarching thing, um, have there been any things that you've learned throughout this business starting process that you didn't expect or you know any misconceptions that you wanna clear up about starting a business so that other new entrepreneurs can kind of know a little bit? <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, one of the biggest things that I've learned again, like, again, I had no experience in fashion. I had my own perception of like how things were made, and through this whole process, it has made me question what I was wearing <laughs> uh, <laughs> back in the day, just because to be you know all those things ethical and sustainable and have a really good product, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. It really is, um, and also too when I was looking you know, when Madison first came to me with, you know, some of the standard size charts, I looked at them and I told her, these are not good enough. (laughs) I was like, because it was crazy because they had, you know, they had the sizes, like extra small, small, medium, large. And the only thing that changed was bus size. And they had these, like, you know, the average size of being 5'10". And in the United States, I believe the average, Yes. Five ten. So <laughs> the only change the thing that changed was, you know, your breast size. I was like, hmm, well that's not very right. Because yeah. also too, the average size of I'm pretty sure in the in the US the average woman's size is five like like height is five four.
0: Yeah, so I was like, I'm Why five, are we
1: sizes five ten yeah. when the normal like, you know, if we're saying just the standard size is is five four. So we've actually kind of almost in a weird way, kind of developed our own sizing and still experimenting on how it all works um, because I was, I was like, I cannot use these standard measurements because that's, that's, that's not even close to, to reality, you know? So yeah. that was like really eye-opening and I, I just, you know, and it got me thinking of how, you know, how else are we designing
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, if we're working off of these, you know, standard measurements. Um, which aren't really truly standard. There's um, <laughs> really not really one standard body either. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that has been a lesson that we've learned. Also, too, COVID is, uh, has really kept us on our toes, mm-hmm. um, even because a lot of manufacturers are um, kind of a little bit bottlenecked just because they weren't able to, you know, put in their orders that were already previously. So they're all trying to catch up. So we've had to actually bounce around to a few different manufacturers um, just because they couldn't fit us in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love who we're with right now in New York City. Um, so that's, you know, those are some of the lessons that I've learned through this whole process is, you know, just the craziness with sizing and then, you know, COVID, COVID has been, you know, you know I don't want to say a fun challenge, but, you know, it, it's, it, you know, it, it's really kept us on our toes, but it also allowed us to kind of ideate and, and, and fo- seek new solutions to problems. And then for advice for, you know, a young entrepreneur or, you know, someone who, who maybe wants to go into this space or somewhere else is, um, you know, I would just say your job as an entrepreneur is to solve your customer's problem so really understand your customer's problem, and find a solution, and really, really keep that customer as your focal point, and do everything mm-hmm. for your customer to make their experience better, to make their lives better, um, and, and that's kind of, kind of my advice. And from there, you know, you can can kind of validate your idea and research your idea and make it come to life.
0: Awesome. So just kind of the last little bit. Um, when should we expect that you guys are going to be launching? How can we find you? You know, just kind of plug all those things really quick. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, we do have a
1: website called, um, you can go to www.sharingthebar.com. We also have an Instagram and our Instagram handle is just at sharing the bar. Um, and the same thing with our Facebook, just facebook.com slash sharing the bar. Um, and when we will be launching? That's a great question. Um, if all things go well with COVID, again, COVID kind of you know makes things you know shakes things up a bit. Mm-hmm. We are expecting to launch, and this is you know only you know this right now is <laughs> in well. the spring of 21. That's so exciting. No, that is our goal. We don't have exact date just because with COVID and manufacturing, but the spring of 21 is our goal.
0: That is so exciting. Well, I wish you all the best of luck, and I hope that everything goes amazing and that you'll be able to launch at that time. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Spotlight Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to Abigail's story about body image and dance and how it inspired her to start a body-inclusive dancewear brand called Sharing the Bar. All of Sharing the Bar's social and website links will be included in the description of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a review in Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to listen. Don't forget to follow us at Dancer for Dancer on Instagram for more updates on future episodes and other exciting things, and I'll see you next time under the spotlight.